0: I Brain Map by Rita McInnes Chapter 18 Reorienting In this chapter, I unpack the third factor in the air sequence, reorienting. The importance of reorienting for the brain was discussed in detail in Chapter 14. Stay with the experience Reorienting doesn't mean moving away or distracting yourself, but instead involves being with the experience in a different way. This creates a change in your relationship with the experience, so the brain gets a different message. It holds the experience gently by keeping the body memory map open and at the same time looking up and checking to see whether the map is relevant or which bits are relevant. Then the brain can update the map. Based on the current context. An important element of reorienting is creating an and pathway. I feel anxious and I'm looking around and can see that there's nothing here right now that's unsafe or threatening, so I'm okay. In brief, I feel scared and I'm okay, as explained in detail in Chapter 14. Getting your own attention. The first thing is to get the attention of the lower brain during activation. You're like the parent speaking firmly and gently to the child having a nightmare. This starts with interrupting. Then, once you have the child brain's attention, reorient to what feels safe or familiar or okay, usually here and now. How you orient may change throughout the different phases of integration. The aim is to establish an AND pathway between implicit and explicit memory, between lower brain and big brain. I'm activated and feeling X, and I'm here now and noticing that everything's okay. Orientation is towards the present. I'm here now, and I'm remembering X or Y, replicating the experience of integrated memory. Ask a question. To orient your attention, it helps to start by saying, and I'm here now. Asking yourself what's the date, place, and time, or your age, can help orient you to the present. Asking a question orients attention with curiosity and focuses and directs attention. By asking the question, what's the date, or what's the time, You shift attention into the present because you have to focus on here and now to work out the date and time. Remembering that you're 50 and not 5 reminds you that you're not that little girl who was terrified when she felt powerless and overwhelmed. All of these shifts give the brain context, time and place, which are some of the missing pieces when the hippocampus is offline during activation. These techniques establish manually what the hippocampus couldn't achieve when it was overwhelmed by cortisol. Questions are a way of reorienting attention, although the why question that happens during activation is usually a sign of secondary activation and overthinking. Asking a question during activation is the same as a parent asking a distressed child something like, where's the poppy gone? The question engages curiosity and draws the attention to respond, flicking on other parts of the brain. Of course, this can only happen once you get the child's attention through interrupting, and asking a question is also a way to interrupt. The best questions are sensory or contextual like, where's the puppy gone? Or how many pomegranates are there in the picture? Detailed sensory awareness. Orienting to here and now, you may need to look and listen as a two-year-old child does, attending to detailed sensory awareness. Lean in close to things, get curious. That's the way a two-year-old experiences things, and that's how you engage the child brain. You can bring attention into the present through the senses. Simply saying, I'm here now, is unlikely to do that. Describe what you see, hear touch and smell in detail. Looking, I can see sensory detail. Don't just look around and scan the room. You need to see or look at something closely, curiously. You're trying to get the attention of the child brain and detail engages the attention or it's likely to fall back into the nightmare of activation. Naming what you see I can see three lines and another line crossing it. There's a black mark, three, four, five, and counting all help engage the attention. Look closely and see that thing as if for the first time. Listening, I can hear. Sensory detail. Listen for sounds around you. You can just notice sounds coming to you or notice and name specific sounds. Experiment with what engages your attention. That's a Harley Davidson, and I can hear a magpie. Hmm, and that sounds like a lawnmower in the distance. No, wait, maybe a whippersnipper. Touching. I can feel sensory detail. You might touch something or feel the leather on a chair or a ring or bracelet or your bottom against the seat or your feet on the floor and wriggle your toes or press them into the floor. Smelling or tasting, I can smell, sensory detail. Smell is the strongest sensory trigger. The olfactory bulb is directly linked to the amygdala and the hippocampus. We can use smell to reorient to here and now or change orientation as smells have such strong associations. How to do this will be discussed shortly. Specific Sensory Reorienting Techniques To engage the attention more strongly through the senses, it can be helpful to develop specific ways to focus your attention in the present. Look for red or blue things, for instance. Find three things that are round or metallic. Use a particular scent to reorient gently as well as soothe. Chew a mint and focus on the taste. Doing something detailed that is itself a detailed sensory experience is a useful way of grounding the attention in the present. People have always done this in various ways, often as a form of distraction. But when done with awareness and an and intention, not to run away but to allow the distress to be there and at the same time focus attention on a detailed task, there's a greater possibility for brain integration. Some things that people have reported are useful are contour drawing, sketching, origami, writing, but usually a specific writing technique rather than free writing or journaling because that may keep you writing about the activation. Walking, having a shower, following a new recipe, beading, knitting, crocheting or doing any handiwork All these activities require a particular level of concentration and mindful attention to detail. Which sense is best? Many people find that one of the senses can bring them into the present moment more effectively than the others. Finding out which works best to reorient, ground and soothe is part of the discovery of integration. You might carry something like a small stone or the eye-brain map that becomes linked to here and now. It can help build another bridge through association and assist the brain to reorient when you feel lost in activation. As I've said, what most people do instinctively with small children when they're distressed gives us a clue to what helps soothe the lower brain, the child brain. It's why Teddy or Blanky or Dummy can be so important to soothe a child. It's always sensory. Using smell to reorient. One woman who was triggered by home, a common trigger for anyone, including Jack, whose first home was unsafe, started to burn lavender oil in the house to help bring her attention into the present. When she'd used other techniques such as looking and listening it brought her attention back to the sensory experience of home, which kept her in an activation cycle because home was the trigger. By finding a scent that was linked to feeling safe and using it in an oil burner, it was a constant reminder to the child brain that she was in this home, not the home of her childhood, which had been dangerous. The lavender was also a soothing smell for her. Orienting to change or difference. Another way to reorient the brain is to focus on a different time or experience to remind the brain that time passes and things change over time. Because the lower brain is disconnected from the functions in the brain that orient during activation, you can't recognize that this feeling of activation will pass and change, which makes it more intolerable. It can help to say to yourself, and this will change too, or things can be different. This won't usually be enough because words alone rarely engage the lower brain during intense activation. But you also need a tag of specific sensory experience that's different, as you say the words. By accessing a memory of a different experience, context, time or place, you tell the brain, yes, things can be different. This will change too. And then you plug into a different experience with sensory detail, in this case a physiological tag that's different to the body memory map of activation. Cultivating these alternative resource states can be done in sessions with a therapist or through writing about times and situations when you felt more okay, integrated, resourced, happier. Or you can create a collection of videos or photos of kids or happy moments to remind you of other times when you felt different. It's helpful to flag or tag these other times or different experiences when you felt different, okay, happy, and keep them up your psychological sleeve like a clean hanky you can pull out as needed. Some people use safe place in this way. I prefer to use the term and experience of resource state or the I'm okay place because for some people, when there's been a lot of abuse, the term safety or safe can be a trigger or have too many associations with painful experience to be useful. It doesn't really matter what you call it as long as you can identify the physiological tags of feeling different or better in some way, to remind the brain that things can and do change. Finding other states and experiences becomes easier as you experience more integration, because you can begin to use these experiences of integration. For instance, you might find yourself being able to say, Oh yeah, I felt like it would never end that time I was at Fred's house too. And then I used the techniques and things did change. Yes, things can change. You tag the thought, things can change, with a specific experience, just as you would engage the child to focus on specific details to draw them gently out of the nightmare state. After you say, and this can change too, you can add something like, because... Name the experience such as yesterday at basketball or last week when X happened. Choose a specific experience so the brain can recall it in as much detail as possible. You're creating a re-experiencing or body memory map of a time when you felt okay. And saying to yourself, I felt, name the feeling such as okay, relaxed, resourced, competent, happy, present, real, lighter, safe, name the different experience, and access the sensory, the physiological detail of that experience, both its internal and external aspects. Find the different body memory map of feeling okay, safe, or resourced, so the brain can remember that things can be different. Orienting to change and difference is particularly useful if you're somewhere you don't want to be or where the environment is the trigger, like home. When it's difficult to stay with the here and now or you feel an impulse to avoid escape, use the orientation for change slash difference. People in hospital or prison might find it better to use the second orientation technique tags to other experiences, because doing here and now might trigger them further. None of these techniques are intended to help you stay in an environment that's unsafe or scary. If you're currently unsafe, your lower brain alarm system should be activated. Tune in to the internal or the external. I know I've said this before, but the fastest way to change an experience is to shift attention or change orientation. So if you always attend to the external environment, which often happens if there's been trauma resulting in hypervigilance, then tuning in gently to the internal environment can change an experience. Many people only tune in to their internal body cues when they're in pain or discomfort, and then they try to stop the pain or escape in some way. So they only ever experience the body as negative and avoid any contact with the internal space. A lot of the work with interactive mindfulness, the technique I developed to use with people in session, is touching in gently with attention to your direct body experience. It tracks the soft, timid animal of body experience. Reminder, I don't recommend focusing on the internal physiological experience during activation if you're out of session or high states of activation, as you can easily become overwhelmed or stuck in activation. Apply airs instead. Jack, reorienting and experimenting with body cues.
1: Hey, Rita, the hand thing is cool. Great. What happened, Jack? Nothing different with the boss. He's very reliable. Did his thing on Monday morning. I was sitting down. He was banging on about something, and I noticed my hands were making fists. I remembered what we talked about. So while the boss was still banging on, I tried it. Just the pushing away thing. It was okay, but didn't do much.
0: Except that you'd already started interrupting, simply by deciding to try it out. Not only that, You were aware of your body reactions during activation, so you already had a different orientation. There's a lot going on just in that shift.
1: But then it got interesting because instead of just using the pushing away in the air, no pun intended, though it was a good one, A-I-R, get it? Ah, good one, Jack. (laughs) Well, instead of just doing that, I pushed against my legs. I don't know what happened, but it made a big difference. I felt calmer straight away. Why did that happen, do you reckon? Mm, Very interesting.
0: Mm. A couple of things probably changed when you pressed into the thighs. First, it's as if you felt yourself back. Pardon? Well, instead of all the attention being outward, you experienced a strong sensation of self, my thigh. Because of the pressure of the flat hand against your thigh, the message, I'm here now, was stronger and the feeling of being inside yourself through direct body experience gave you a different awareness of the body during activation. You changed the orientation and experience of the usual body memory map.
1: Okay, well, I'm not sure I get that, but yes, I could definitely feel it.
0: The other thing that comes to mind is the work of Peter Levine, He talks about completing the movement or impulse that couldn't be completed during the trauma because of the freezing or overwhelm. Pushing away may have been what you instinctively wanted to do as a kid when your dad was cruel or violent. And in your experiment, you did push completing the movement and your legs felt it back, so it created a kind of feedback loop. I think you did a lot to give your brain an entirely different body experience and message of what happens when your boss is banging on.
1: Wow, I did all that just by pressing my thighs? You
0: created a very different experience for the brain in that situation and it was more active than passive or that defeated feeling you describe.
1: Yeah, it was good to have something to do. Now that I think about it, the airs thing isn't enough to grab onto when I'm with the boss. The thing that
0: impresses me most is that you came up with the idea during activation. That indicates good integration. You were able to access other resources in your brain rather than being dragged along by lower brain activation and feeling powerless.
1: I don't think I thought about what to do. It just felt right suddenly. Like a light going on in the brain. Yes, exactly.
0: I think that feeling of a light coming on happens when the hippocampus and other parts of the eye zone light up. I can't prove it because I can't see inside the brain when you're sitting in the boss's office. But once that light goes on, your brain becomes an interconnected circuit and can draw on all its resources, including the left prefrontal cortex.
1: You know what, Rita? What, Jack? I felt really good about it when I left the boss's office. I hardly heard a word he said because I was so interested in this different thing I was doing. I wasn't the fly pinned in a web like I usually am. It was very different.
0: Great experiment. You win the Brain Scientist Cup this week, Jack.
1: Ah, Well, I felt powerful when I walked out of his office. Instead of him having all the control, I felt in charge. He didn't get to me like he usually does. He doesn't have control over me anymore.
0: Yeah, that's a powerful shift, Jack. Learning to not be hijacked,
1: pun intended. Keep riding the wave, huh?
0: Yep, pressing into yourself, not being pulled into reacting to stuff. But let's not assume it will always work because then you might get disappointed if you drop back into old pathways. Let's keep experimenting. Freedom is about choice including how and where you choose to focus your attention. Being able to shift attention at will offers a great sense of liberation, which is what the wisdom and practice of mindfulness teaches. Experiment. As always, the best approach is to experiment with different techniques to find what works for you. And don't be surprised if you have to change your reorienting techniques because they lose their currency once you've used them a few times. Braindo. Braindo is like a kit of simple knickknacks to give your brain a quick shift. Why braindo? It refers to the currency of the brain dough and baking up something different. It also refers to brain do, active. But it's hard not to be reminded of Homer Simpson when you add dough, which hopefully makes it more playful because Homer is the ultimate brain dough. A simple way to reorient is to experience something differently. Here are some brain doughs. Record yourself. When your thinking is going around and around and you feel stuck in the loop, speak and record the repetitive statements that are like the cracked record in your head. Then listen back. This will give you a different orientation to the statements. Instead of being inside, you'll be outside listening in. You can focus on some of the details rather than just the words, which will give you another orientation that's more sensory and lower brain. Notice how you sound, the tone of voice, and what reactions you have to your own voice saying those words. Spontaneous writing, drawing or painting, movement, including daggy dancing or expression using sound. These techniques can give you a different perspective on any pattern that you're stuck in. In brain terms, it creates some and pathways or neural connections, doing the same old thing and dancing it, drawing it or writing through it. Humour. Humour is a shift in orientation or perspective, like seeing something in a completely new way. Not only that, laughing and smiling release feel-good chemicals in the brain body that change the state. So the old adage, laughter is the best medicine, is probably true for brain change too. Images and videos. Looking at an image or video of something that reminds you of a different experience or another time helps reorient the brain. It's handy to have a collection of these so you can access them easily anytime. Haiku e. This is emotional haiku, hence the e. It also refers to koo-ee, a loud shout used in the Australian bush to attract attention. Koo-ee is often used to find someone who is lost. In this case, You're calling to yourself so you don't get lost in the activation cycle. Haiku-E begins with awareness of your immediate internal environment, emotions and or physical experience, then finds words to reflect that experience. Creating a Haiku-E requires a new orientation to the direct experience while engaging different parts of the brain, including the creative, curious brain. You can also use a haiku-e to log other experiences of feeling good, creative, or connected. The main thing in haiku-e is to begin by orienting to the immediate experience of your internal environment. Engaging with the experience in a different way is more important than following rules or how good the haiku-e is. Here are some haiku-e. Sad, sad, so sad, drown me in this sea of tears, tears no cry, no cry. Dead fish in my skin slip and slide in death cold hands, fingers ache my bones. Warm air of jasmine, open heart, remember this, singing my body home. Check your motives. Any of the above techniques can also be used as distraction or avoid escape. So check your intention and see if you can maintain an AND pathway. Remember, you're not trying to capture or change things, but discover or see things differently afresh. What works best will depend on a number of factors, including your personality and preferences, your past experience and what you're stuck in, whether it's predominantly thinking, feeling, physiological or an impulse. What's most comfortable for you may not be the best brain dough for you. For example, if you're an artist, drawing or painting may not be the most useful way to reorient, but it could be. If you're a dancer or yoga teacher, it may be more helpful to use your voice than go through your yoga routine or a dance movement because what you do routinely and easily may not get your attention in a fresh way to give you a different orientation that engages the brain to create new connections. Experiment with brain dough to find your own most powerful way to reorient the brain.